Are you ready to take your leadership and your organization to the next level and beyond? Your competitors will be there before you know it. Today's leaders must perpetually innovate, evolve, and grow faster than the competition. Welcome to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf. In the next hour, you'll meet innovative leaders who have become successful at the helm of some of the most respected organizations in the world. And you can become the next big success story. Now, here's your host, Maureen Metcalf. Hi, welcome to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. I'm your host, Maureen Metcalf. I'm the founder and CEO of Metcalf & Associates. I work with leaders and their organizations to identify the trends that will most likely disrupt their business and develop business strategies and business and leadership practices to leverage those trends to create strategic advantage. I'm a regular contributor to Forbes and the lead author on an award-winning book series focusing on innovating how you lead and transforming your organization. I'm also an adjunct faculty member of universities in the U.S. and Germany. I'm delighted today that our guests are Christopher and Sheila Cook. They have been with us for, this is the third, in, uh, this is the, their third appearance, and I'll talk about that in a minute. Let me just give you their background to start. Christopher Cook is the founder and lead consultant for Five Deep. He's an international senior manager, consultant, coach, confidant, counselor, therapist, trainer, and qualified engineer with over 28 years of experience in pioneering and supporting personal and organizational change. He's focused on the release of latent human capacities to navigate gracefully through complexity, innovation, and change. Christopher has become a leading figure in the practical demonstration of the Graves technology, spiral dynamics, and integral theory since 1997. And while he is a leader in those methodologies and frameworks, he has created his own that leveraged that and with an attempt to make them very practical, although he, he is working from a very complex base. His commitment and focus has been has seen application across many continents and contexts. Sheila Cook is the director and lead consultant for Five Deep. With over 20 years experience in leading international businesses, Sheila specializes in designing as a designer and trainer of virtual and face-to-face collaboration processes that build resilience and adaptability within organizations to lead through complexity by building capacity for self-organization. Sheila leads land and livestock management for life and operating division of Five Deep, which is part of the Savory Institute and network. And so the show overall, my intent in starting this show was to create an avenue for emerging and current leaders to stay current on what are the biggest trends impacting them in their work and lives today. And as I've said, Christopher and Sheila have been on here multiple times in the past and have provided very concrete tools and methodologies to help leaders up their game. And so I'm really excited about their uh, willingness to be here today. So this session has three objectives. They'll discuss their latest work on human emergence, how the second is understanding how holistic informed practices are starting to emerge, 
and the third, they're going to give a brief overview of their work with development of skills and capacities to facilitate and coach the implementation of these holistic practices. So helping us understand how do we do it ourselves and with other groups. So I said this is their third appearance. Their first was entitled Igniting a New Era, Thought Leadership and Innovation. And that show was the second highest number of listeners in 2015. The second appearance was in 2016, and it was a series entitled Stepping Through the Worldview Membrane, Learning to Engage Your Organization. And in this series, we worked with Carla Morelli and Jim Sfajerko as they explored using the leader view self-assessment and the cooks offered their own executive mentoring and cultural scanning services on the radio series that one would go through using their five deep vital signs program. And then today we're talking about navigating the holistic worldview membrane. And I'm noticing the subtle shift to focusing on holistic as a word. And I want to understand, uh, Christopher and Sheila, more about what is that shift. So first of all, welcome. I'm delighted to have you joining us again. Thanks, Maureen. It's great to be back. Thank you, Maureen. So let's talk about why holistic. Um, why, why holistic? Um it's a word that many people use, but a word that very few people can agree upon. And in terms of the three topics of today, um, what brings us here today is that Sheila and I work together with others, and our sole focus is to release the necessary thinking or thought leadership that's necessary to handle the complexity we're facing. We've, we've created a lot of complexity, and now we have to discover how to unpick it and and discover a new way forward so we're we're really in the in the time of what what many are calling these wicked problems there's no clear solution and even when you've got it you think you've got an answer something else pops up that you haven't spotted in the in the first place so so what we know more is i mean uh, we spent time with you uh, last year in your hometown and by any measure, as Sheila and I travel around, we know that the planet's creaking and, and really mankind's exploitation of natural resources and, and the lifestyles that we've all enjoyed have, have been causing uh, big problems for us. And we hear lots of conversations around that in, on, on climate change and so on. But we know from Einstein, and Einstein reminds us that we, we can't solve the problems that we've created with the same level of thinking that created them. So today, what we want to explore is is that um, this new thinking, this new worldview is emerging. The research has clearly been showing that. And with the label today is holistic and it does have the capacity to handle the complexities. But as I said earlier, there's some confu- confusion over what it actually means. So the, the topics we're offering in this program mesh together uh, into an overall holistic practice that utilizes holistic thinking. So stance matters, as you know from our early programs. And that, that holistic thinking is an expression that's, uh, of this new worldview uh, that's emerging across species. And this is a really exciting time because in shows like this, we get talked a chance to talk about the, the, really the leading edge appreciation of human emergence. So in this program, Maureen, we want to cover three aspects of 
this emergent holistic practice that Christopher was talking about. Um, the first is an exploration of what are the characteristics of the emergent holistic worldview, and it, it's still emerging, so it's it's still you know really yet to be determined. Number two, what is needed to stimulate the release and utilization of this worldview? Number three, how do listeners to this program develop their own holistic awareness skills and awareness that are essential for us to intentionally achieve a, a viable planet for ourselves? So, so this is fascinating to me because... Um, you know, as we've talked a lot, our listeners don't know what we've we've talked about offline. But the idea that the that we are, by many top thinkers, going through a shift, and there, I read Meg Wheatley's book recently, talking about phases of civilization, mm-hmm. and that we're potentially in a phase shift, and what that can mean for what what no longer works that needs to dissipate and collapse. And, and in service of what we are creating. And so what you're bringing forth seems foundational to helping us navigate through what many of us will see in our lifetime, in our working lifetime, potentially a huge shift. So, uh, Christopher. It, it's true, Maureen. We're in, we're in the transition to a new era. Um and if we look back over the last 120,000 years, we can make, we can see many changes in civilizations and many civilizations that disappeared. And, and what's clear is civilizations disappear when they fail to recognize that they're actually in that change process. So perhaps you call it the, a bit of the boiled frog syndrome. Um, so, so one of our roles today with you is to help us realize that we are being boiled. It's time to jump out of the pan and get on and do something about it. Which I'm delighted about. And I realize for many people, and even for me, you know, I come and go out of the same house. I drive a car very much like the car I drove a few years ago. I go for walks along the same path. So the world doesn't appear to be changing as quickly if I just look at my daily routines. And yet when I turn on the news, obviously the geopolitical situation is in big flux and what we're seeing with technology will I at some point and will my next car be a self-driving car that I one will have to obey the speed limit but two can just sit and work in the car assuming I don't have car sickness issues and I can extend my work day and if I were sharing a car with someone it could just drive itself home and pick them up there were so many implications in our personal lives, and then what industries change? Everything from insurance to um, the state highway patrol. Uh, huge swaths of organizations will have dramatic changes because of the technology we're implementing. So in that context, what are the characteristics of this emergent holistic worldview that are co-evolving with the changes we're facing? It's, it's a great question because um, it does need the trained eye to spot which is that which is quite invisible otherwise. So um, I, I just like to offer you some some attributes of, of this holistic um, transition that with this transition that we're in, and the 
the, the clues to watch out for and, and certainly the key premise to be aware of is that when we're looking and considering human change at this developmental level, it's, it's really the domain of human emergence, we need to remember that the, the shifts in worldviews historically seem to have been shifted uh, and, and caused to change because their inability to cope with the life conditions that either nature or the, the society that they created created for themselves. So it, it's a dance between how we think and what we do in response to how we think. So this worldview is, is characterized as, as being stimulated during, due to a, a, a real sense of increasing fragility and threats to Earth's viability. And uh, it's the individual starts to get an appreciation that it's the viability of all life forms, not just the individual, uh, not just some life forms that many uh, worldviews try to protect. It's the viability of all life forms that enables us to sustain uh, an enduring lifespan, uh, lifestyle on this planet. Um, it's minimalistic, um, but it's also elegantly simple. It's chosen. Everything becomes an I choose to. There's an elegant simplicity to the solutions. So probably the best way I can help your listeners um, spot this more holistic worldview is that if you find yourself in a solution where suddenly someone comes up with solutions that work really fast, they're so effective that they completely outperform the present paradigm. So I'm talking not just about 5% change, 10% change. I'm talking about change that's measured in factors of 10, um, significant change. And they, they completely outperform what we do now, so much so that if I use one of Buckminster Fuller's phrases, we reach the state of uh, a principle of ephemeralization. We do more with less and ultimately with nothing. Uh, and all this while we're ensuring that the Earth's ecosystem processes are nurtured and protected. So, so that, that last piece starts to bring in the rarity of it. So most of our conversation is focused on innovation, but actually is degrading most of our ecosystem processes. So, so you'll hear the, the individual that's starting to learn to handle this worldview uh, talking about the recovery and regeneration. So those are some of the key themes to uh, watch out for. Probably the most significant one which fits to you and your show today and your listeners is that the individual starts to look back in and accept that they themselves are part of uh, of universe. Uh, they are an expression of universe and that they most of what they're seeing around them is a natural um, emergent dynamic because really emergence and the, and the shift to new worldviews has really happened in the crucibles. It's when previous worldviews can no longer cope and it looks as though things are falling apart that suddenly em what emerges out of the mess is something that uh, is often beyond belief. Um, so Claire Graves, the originator of a lot of the research that's behind this work, literally described it as a, uh, as a, a major leap for mankind. And each of these transitions is a major leap, right? The transition that we had 300 years ago. And yes. So if you're in it, each is a major leap and it feels like a major transition. What's different here is that as a species, we move into a new state of existence. So um, what you're alluding to is there have been previous worldviews, stages of development, and mm -hmm. most of the mapping suggests about six 
from a, a survival sense to a tribal bond, through an impulse power, truth force, strive drive to human equity. So the the the, the strong human bonding egalitarian energy that's around today is all part of that cascade of six emergent worldviews but each of those was driven the individual had got very little choice as these complex adaptive intelligences within them really created their biases and their preferences and their learning styles what's different now in this transition into what's called the second tier transition is that the individual has the choice. So in the early stages of the transition towards a more holistic uh, expression, uh, the individual can choose to learn in the ways and in the manner of any of the earlier six, for example. So it's a much more chameleon-like, adaptive, flexible. And yesterday I received an email from a scientist I'm working with uh, in um, Australia and she added in a beautiful sentence of the expression of this early stage of holistic thinking in that she said, I can do what I want, when I want, and I know why I'm doing it. So there's that clarity and that very often that singularity, which is often a problem for many people at the moment because they tend to be seen to be slightly aloof and difficult to handle, but they've got a much bigger agenda and that's basically learning how to learn with, uh, learning how to work with how all life works. Okay, so on that note, I want to go on break. Uh, the idea of learning how to learn and work with all life seems like an immense challenge. And so you have a couple minutes during commercial break to think about that. And okay. we'll come back <laughs> shortly with Christopher and Sheila and talk more about this idea of the holistic worldview. What is the evidence we see of it? And... What does it mean to navigate it? So we will be right back with Christopher and Sheila Cook. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Metcalf and Associates is your trusted partner to create perpetual innovation and evolution in your leadership and business. Are you ready to innovate and evolve? Since its inception, Metcalf and Associates has been dedicated to helping leaders evolve their leadership mindset and skills and create organizations that can continually innovate to achieve results in a highly competitive and rapidly changing environment. We help leaders, management teams, and organizations identify and create the perpetual capacity to identify and implement transformative solutions necessary to meet their mission and create strategic advantage. Metcalf & Associates offers proven results backed by leading-edge research and a global network of accomplished consultants and thought leaders. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. Maureen and her associates are ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your goals. Move forward with Metcalf & Associates. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com today. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America.
You are listening to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. To reach Maureen Metcalf or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at metcalf-associates.com. Now, back to this week's program. Hi, welcome back. So we left the last segment with Christopher talking about one of the characteristics of this new worldview as we talk about what's emerging in our local communities, but also with the the context of technology and interconnection across a species living on a single planet is this idea that we need to understand how the changes we make are impacting all of life. So Christopher, can do you want to enter back in with that and continue to take us through the new view? Um, what is the evidence that you're seeing with your clients and how do we navigate it? Okay. Th- thanks, Maureen. The, the, the essence of this worldview, according to the research that's been going on since the, the early 1950s, and this worldview started to be spotted, I, th- I think the time was about 1968, is when it, the pattern started to be understood. Um, it, it really showed that this individual um, is different. They're, they have a, a much um, higher sensory acuity across most senses, and that means then they, they're exposed to much more information from uh, externally and internally that helps them um, become cognitively aware of not only how life works around them, but how life works within them. And this was a significant feature of the evidence base around the research that really led to uh, what today is known as integral psychology, integral theory, where we started to see a shift in an understanding that the emergence of our species is a function of our biological, psychological, cultural and social systems interaction that that form the inner and outer life conditions. So so you ask about the evidence, a lot of it comes from the research and and it clearly showed this this changes in the senses. Um, The other way that evidence is there to suggest that this worldview is active and emerging is you go out and look for it. And and this is the challenge sometimes we have. The term theory means this is proven reliable. You can go anywhere and test it. And certainly in my experience of the last 20 years, this is all self-verifiable once the individual has learned which patterns to spot for. Um, so you go out and look for the evidence, and, and the way that Sheila and I have done this is is to go and look for the seed minds, individuals who've been thinking differently and really aligned with how life works, and uh, starting to question some of the changes and the basic assumptions of how we run our lives. So Jean Gebser and his work on um, the ever-present origin, Jan Smuts and his work on holism, the foundation really probably 1926 of everything we're talking about, people like Alan Savory, uh, Arthur Young, Buckminster Fuller. Uh, and, and as I was thinking about the show today, I was struggling to find a, 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 a female name I could put in there, but at the moment I couldn't, so please forgive me. But these are individuals who were thinking differently and they knew they needed to create the life conditions 
to support the continuation of this new thinking that was emerging within them. So, so the practice and the observation that we're, we've been doing over the last 20 years certainly confirms and reaffirms everything that was shown as in the research. Uh, and <laughs> people like uh, Bugminster Fuller, for example, if you turn to the common press, you know, in the 1940s, they were classed as eccentric. Now, today, they're classed as the heroes because they seem to have solutions to handle some of the complexity. So, so that, that covers the learning how life works and the, the evidence base. So is, is that the direction you wanted to go in? It is. Thank you. And for our listeners, if you wanted to dive deeper into this idea of second tier, the interviews on Leader 2050 might be a place to start as well, where we talk about what are some of the specific characteristics like professionally humble and intellectually curious and inspiring followership. So we give some very specific behaviors that I believe correlate with what Christopher's talking about. They may not be exactly one-to-one, but mapping. But directionally, I think we are all talking about very similar types of specifically leadership and, and human behaviors that help us navigate these wicked problems. Great. So that's, that brings us back to the wicked problems. And uh, the... The exciting thing about this this new worldview, uh, Marilyn Maureen, sorry, is that um, it's clear that it can handle complexity in a way that's very different to all earlier worldviews. So it, the research clearly shows, and as I said early, earlier, that you'll find you'll come across individuals who are often are virtually invisible in the room, or they're very little known, but suddenly their solutions really start to work and work fast and they bring in a surprising conversation that actually the work leads to regenerative land. We do a lot of work in agriculture now, so it, this work leads to regenerative soil. It, it's unheard of in the present agricultural parlance. So, so I'm just thinking of, of people who are able to solve wicked problems, and how does an understanding of this holistic worldview correlate to solving wicked problems it's because the individual has an innate sense and an innate appreciation of how life works so they the, the, it leads to them working with life and um, in our work with agriculture for example um, we, we work with farmers and we teach them about what's called the ecosystem processes the mineral flow the water flow uh, the energy flow and what's called community dynamics and what it does it it kind of opens their awareness to things that they see every day, but they never see it from the perspective of a, of a living organism. Uh, and that's the, that's the significant shift in perspective. Cool. Thank you. I think to me that's very helpful as I think about how, how does our work connect and for a listener to understand what's, what is different, how would I spot it? in my workplace and how would I become it so now let's okay and I was just going to say and obviously we talk about this that the holistic awareness is not educated for nor recognized by society so we're we're in this space in between uh, which is what brought in this conversation around the holistic navigating the holistic worldview membrane it's uh, this new thinking is out there it's forming and the struggle, it's as though they're having to break through the membrane because they have to create a whole new society 
to enable and stimulate it to go forward. But we know the consequences now that if this thinking isn't activated and, and utilized, uh, it means that we will be struggling to navigate and recover from many of the ecological problems we've created that, that actually show in a significant uh, problems in human health, for example. Thank you for pointing that out. We, we are doing a show coming up as well that is specifically focused on how do we teach people to move to second tier, but it, it's a big conversation. So I'm uh, looking forward to hearing your voice, Sheila, as you talk about how do we stimulate and release that holistic worldview. Um, I understand that it was your quest to appreciate this that led um, to you and Christopher meeting back in 2011. So tell us how and why this is important to you. Oh, thank you for that question, Maureen. You know, looking back at that time in 2011, um, it was interesting because I had been told at least three times by different people, probably starting in 2007, that I should really have a look at this body of work that Christopher is referring to about human stage development. And... Finally, on the third time, I thought, maybe I should listen to this. And um, then I asked people, okay, well, who's really the best person to help with this? And I got referred to Christopher and his work. And so I took his um, online assessments, and then I hired him to be my coach in order to interpret those results. And I was really impressed by how much he could know about me um, just by answering a few what I thought really simple questions. And um, I was really keen in the work that I was doing as a facilitator to really more deeply understand human change because I knew the work I was doing was helping individuals and groups change, but I really didn't know much about how that all worked. And so that, that's what drew me to Christopher and his work. And needless to say, I, I fell in love with him and, and we were married not too long after we met. Like I said, Maureen, there are, this is a wicked problem. <laughs> I, I don't want to go into the, the question of what about that was wicked. So let me, let's focus on so I hear you saying that there are specific practices that any of us can develop that support the emergence of holistic thinking. Can you say more about what those practices are for me as someone who does this work and also for our listeners who are interested in stepping further into this themselves and helping folks that they either lead or coach develop in similar ways? Oh, sure. Well, um, for the particular transition that we specialize in, it's this transition what we call from uh, human equity or um, green, if you're using spiral dynamics colors, into yellow, um, or what we call integrative flow. That's kind of the area that we specialize in. And I'm going to jump in here for just a second for sure. listeners who have been using the Suzanne Cook-Reuter methodology, we've referred to that as strategist. 
and I know there are new new wording around those names as well. And, and the reason I'm doing this is just it's easy to get caught in the alphabet soup of naming. So moving from green to yellow or individualist to strategist. Oh, thank you for that. That's really helpful, Maureen. So prior to that, through all the previous stages, um, the transitions happen um, with not too much awareness by the individual. They're, it's what we call they're driven to change. And as Christopher was saying earlier, that transition from individualist to strategist, that's where our change happens intentionally for the very first time. So because it's happening intentionally, it's really helpful for us to learn that there are roadmaps. And these roadmaps are well-researched, um, and we can learn about them, we can read about them, and we can experience them. And so, for example, in our classes, um, we find that people uh, become transformed. Uh, recently, I heard uh, actually a farmer in one of our classes said it was a life-changing experience because we actually bring human stage development into our agricultural classes that we're teaching farmers. And it, it just the awareness, the knowledge that, oh, there's such a thing as human stage development gives people so much psychological relief um, because they know, oh, gosh, I'm normal. What I'm going through is the normal human experience, and now I know what to expect. I know what's coming. So just that knowledge alone is a, a key for supporting the transition. So you're talking about the framework. How does that stimulate the mind holistically? That's a really good question. Um, I think... One way I think of it uh, when we have a framework is it can be like a crutch until, until we, it becomes internalized. And so on, when Christopher and I were getting our holistic management training, we didn't really know how it worked. Um, we knew it was different from organic, for example. In, in organic standards, it's like don't do this and don't do that is what it's all about. And we were wondering... Well, where is that in holistic management? We didn't see it. But on day two of our training, it just hit home. And we understood, oh, it's embedded in all these principles. And when you follow these procedures, you will naturally know. You'll draw your own conclusion about what not to do. Um, and no one has to tell you what not to do. I don't know. Does that help? It does, and I want to make the parallel then between holistic management and the stage development that for people, at least for me, this was one of the most foundational frameworks in the last decade of my work, it is understanding that as humans and as leaders, we go through these series of steps so I can now calibrate where I am on the journey and for people who know me, I'm a, a bit of a quantitative junkie, so I'm driving down everywhere with my GPS on trying to figure out how far I am from the destination. And I run my life that way. So, so using this kind of framework and Christopher and Sheila's tools, the five deep tools, 
I can calibrate where I am now and understand, given the roadmap that they've created, how I might move to the next step and step so I can plan. If I think of this as a long journey, like climbing a mountain, I can think of where are the the stopping places, where do I need a Sherpa, how do I get there in a way that was never available, at least that I was aware of in the past. Does that, can you fill in the gaps? Have I missed anything there? I think that's brilliant how you expressed it. Thank Um, you. Yeah. And uh, something Christopher um, wrote down here is that holistic minds create holistic frameworks. And we can talk more about that after the break, if you like. Great. Thank you. So thank you for introducing that we're now going into break. And we will come to the third segment after. We'll talk about holistic minds. And also, how do we, how did Christopher and Sheila guide their clients through the development of, of these the holistic awareness and the holistic skills. So we will be back momentarily. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Metcalf and Associates is your trusted partner to create perpetual innovation and evolution in your leadership and business. Are you ready to innovate and evolve? Since its inception, Metcalf and Associates has been dedicated to helping leaders evolve their leadership mindset and skills and create organizations that can continually innovate to achieve results in a highly competitive and rapidly changing environment. We help leaders, management teams, and organizations identify and create the perpetual capacity to identify and implement transformative solutions necessary to meet their mission and create strategic advantage. Metcalf & Associates offers proven results backed by leading-edge research and a global network of accomplished consultants and thought leaders. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. Maureen and her associates are ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your goals. Move forward with Metcalf & Associates. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com today. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. To reach Maureen Metcalf or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at metcalf-associates.com. Now, back to this week's program. Hi, welcome back to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. We are joined today by Christopher and Sheila Cook, and we're talking about holistic thinking and level of development. And so let's go into the idea that there are frameworks that can stimulate this holistic thinking. Can you provide an example of a framework and how you work with it? Sure. Um, 
One of them is called holistic management, and this was developed by a man called Alan Savory. Um, and how you work with it, um, it is simply taught in classes, and you can read about it and learn it. And I, I just want to give an example of someone who, when I first heard her speak, I just thought, oh, this person just really embodies the holistic worldview. And her name is Rebecca Hosking, and she's a pretty well-known farmer here in the UK. And in fact, um, she's made some films. She used to work for the BBC. But when I first heard her talk at the Oxford Real Farming Conference, she opened up by saying, you know, I don't think of my farm as having fences. I think of it as having permeable boundaries. And I don't think of myself as a farmer. I think of myself as another species on this farm. And when she said those things, oh, wow, that was really earth-shattering to hear a farmer talk like that. It was so different. Um, and so for me, I knew she had been taking holistic management training, um, but to hear her speak so naturally that a very different worldview was really a beautiful thing to experience. So that sounds like a, a beautiful example of what Christopher was saying earlier about how at these later stages we define ourselves as part of the equation, not the puppeteer, but I'm one element in a complex equation. Yeah, exactly. That's right. So you've been using some of this framework yourself. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Um, well, actually, we have, um, and we, we have blended the stages of development, that framework, which we call Solonic, together with holistic management to the point where there, it's hard to separate them anymore. Um, but what we've done is we've looked at um, British farmer attitudes, and we have classified the most common ones that we hear, and maybe about half of the farmers really have that um, orange or strive drive sort of um, attitude. It's like a show me the money kind of an attitude. And it, the really strong belief there is, well, science tells me, you know, that uh, doing things like adding nitrogen fertilizer will increase yields. And so everything they do is based on science and what the government tells them to do and what academia tells them to do. Then the next wave of farmer um, is a, a farmer we call uh, that I'm doing it already kind of farmer. And they, they have the notion that they've broken out of conventional agriculture and they're, they're already into the next wave. And typically they're doing what we call organic agriculture. And this might be maybe 30% of farmers in the UK, probably a little bit less. And then the next uh, wave is the what I believed is no longer true a category. And these are the people who 
have bumped into the wicked problems that Christopher is talking about. And when you bump into those wicked problems enough, eventually you have to start questioning what you believe inside. Is that really true, what I believe? Uh, because a, a typical example might be, uh, we know uh, FAO has told us we only have 60 harvests left of soil on planet Earth because we're consuming our soil so much. We're degrading it, it's eroding, it's going into the oceans and so on. And a person at this worldview might say, oh my, what do I need to change? And then the last category is uh, the ones who are entering into that holistic worldview. These are the ones who, yep, they've accepted that probably what they used to believe is no longer true. Now they're asking the really hard questions about those wicked problems. Okay, what is the underlying root cause of the fact that we only have 60 harvests left of soil? How, how do we stop degrading soil? How do we as agriculturalists start regenerating soil? Um, so that's one example of how we've been applying it ourselves in our own work. So, so you really question, Maureen, especially for you and your listeners, about a framework. Think of a framework as a as a, a landscape of factors that need to be considered. And you enter any one factor, and it's like a hologram. You end up having to consider the whole. So, for example, you know we're talking about an holistic worldview. To enter into that conversation, you have to understand the whole flow of human emergence. So it, it, it stimulates um, the holographic mind. But all frameworks, certainly holistic frameworks, seem to be aligning around four key insights. Uh, and the first is that the universe functions in wholes, and that's certainly an insight that's shared across all the frameworks that we use. The second key insight is that the, the principles and processes of the universe show through in all life forms. Um, so that's a really significant message for a farmer that working with your microbiome, your plants, animals, and humans, there are similar patterns that flow through all. The third key insight that underpins a holistic framework is that there are biological and psychological life cycles. And if you understand those, you can better work with uh, the land, the livestock, and the staff that you work with. And key insight four is that Behavioral freedom varies according to stage of development, and that's often talked about in human stage development theory, but also it applies to plants and animals also. So we're working, we're focusing a lot of our practice on the, one of the most flexible plants on, this, on the planet, which is a perennial grass. And uh, so that's how frameworks are built upon these four key insights, and these four key insights give us some good insight into the holistic worldview. So I want to repeat those back to you just because I think this is foundational to what I just heard and to the work that you have that's emerging. So the universe functions in wholes or as wholes. The principles that are, are true for one part of the whole are true across the entire set. Um, there are biological and psychological cycles and we've talked about cycles of human development and emergence. We've talked about, or earlier on, you talked about cycles of civilization emerging, collapsing, re-evolving into the next cycle. So, so 
And I would equate that to some of our economic bubbles, that there are just cycles in every part of life and the wisdom and knowing how to work with them is foundational. And, and again, your framework is providing us with that wisdom. And then behavioral freedom varies at stage of development. And I would add at the later stages, we have more freedom, which ties to your comment about choice. So we're, um, how do you select an appropriate approach? Where do you go from here? Knowing now these principles and using the framework that you are are currently developing? Well, it means you're moving to an elegant simplicity. So if you understand the patterns and the insights, you can select tools and methods that, that fit a particular context. So methods and tools that we might use to support the emergence of an holistic worldview might be best done on boring and worse criminally insane if we try to use it in a, in a different context where... Um, the enterprising self uh, w- was more active. So it's it's an opportunity to take these patterns and principles and, and use them to help refine that choice that you spoke about a, a few moments ago. And, and what we've learned is that it is possible to um, stimulate and um, activate a latent holistic awareness and we, we work today with the premise that by the time someone comes to us with the question or the approach us, given the way we present ourselves, the change within them has already happened. There are lines of uh, latent second-tier thinking emerging within them, and our job is to help them to grow into the change that's already happened. And this is, this is often one of the misnomers about change management in that most people are trying to motivate people. And we say, no, it's the other way around. Basically, what we're learning to do is release their motivational flows. So, so to develop uh, holistic awareness and skills, we know that it's about the creation of the life conditions that supports the individual. Uh, and for many, that means really sitting back and choosing your friends and your contacts with care, and becoming aware of everything around you because every object in your, in your home or in your business or in your uh, town, city or country carries with it, when it's when it's made by man, it carries with it codes of the worldview of the creator of that object. So sometimes people want need to be away from the the, the, the echoes of the of the past. And and one of the papers I wrote back in two thousand eight, and this is one of the signs that things are shifting quickly. More people are reading this paper now than I've ever thought possible. We we put forward some postulates that we live by that if you, if you seek the principles and practices of the integral seed minds, there's a lot to be gained from that understanding. Uh, be prepared to develop new language, redefine words, discover new metaphors and new rituals to explain the new. Don't discard the new as, as though you already knew it. It's, it requires new language, new definition. Uh, and use tools and practices that reflect where you're going, not just what you're comfortable with. And that often means that you're living in a a state of perpetual disturbance, which Sheila spoke about earlier on. The other postulate I'm working with is you live life on the edge. You, and that means you live on the edge of your own awareness. You watch your thinking, you feel you're watching. That's different. And the practice that we promote is that you act homeopathically. You diagnose, you sense, you experience, and largely choose to do less because nature's really smart if we can only learn to get out of the way. And those those five postulates we think really 
support the development of an individual's holistic awareness and skills. So it's, it's, a, it's a great opportunity to talk to us about it. Uh, talk about this with you. Thank you so much because this this information, I really appreciate how you've brought together the developmental work that Solonics that you've spent your career developing with the holistic management constructs to create the next set of tools that, that will help us deal with the wicked problems emerging or co-emerging that, that as we develop the problems we face get more complex and that's almost the engine then for us to continue to develop. There's plenty to do, Maureen, and I'm really <laughs> great that you're out there creating the space for this type of conversation because it stimulates the thinking that uh, may well be the thinking that handles the wicked problems. Thank you. So, so let's move toward wrapping up. And one of the things I heard strongly and I'm I'm thinking of a client I talked to recently uh, what I heard is I as the leader or the participant need to change how I think even if I'm advanced there the world is changing so quickly that I'm not just changing the stuff I am changing fundamentally how I see the world and who I am within it so there is no past because I'm over 50 or over or 60, or even Barbara Marks Hubbard spoke recently, and she said, I'm 87, I'm still learning and growing, and I invite all of the rest of you to get busy. So, so that invitation that there is much work to be done, the work that Christopher and Sheila have created gives us a beautiful set of tools. So I want to thank you both for creating them and sharing them with us. And as we wrap up, why don't you talk about what's what is next for you and give contact information in the last minute oh thank you so much maureen uh we have a big lineup of courses coming up uh, for the fall both around solonics and holistic management and our websites are uh 5d.net that's n-e-t and 3lm.network and so back back to you maureen Thank you. So, so five deep is www dot the number five the word deep dot net. So, for our listeners who are interested in learning more, I strongly encourage you to stay in touch with what Christopher and Sheila are announcing on their website. I talk about leadership being activating the mind of the scientist, that I am continually learning and growing irrespective of my age or my role in life, that all of us who are on the planet right now have a role in enacting the changes that we want to see so that the next generation is able to thrive as we have. Thank you again for joining. Please give us comments at either email info at metcalf-associates.com or on Facebook, Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. I look forward to hearing your feedback. Thank you again for joining us this week. Please tune in for another edition of Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We hope you'll join us then. Drive and thrive and have a great week.